You might assume that most companies today in a time coined the digital age uh, are well versed with process automation. However, less than half of organizations have their back office functions automated, with most of the rest still only having a quarter or even less automated. In order to fully comprehend how AI-driven automation works and the ways it can benefit your company's efficiency, productivity, and profitability, you need to first understand the basics. I'm Scott Leahy, and this is Esker On Air. Uh, today, we're going to do a, something a little different. Uh, we're giving you the recording of a recent live stream that Esker put on. So listen in as Esker business development managers Chaz Narwich and Ashley McHolda introduce the basics of automating key business processes with AI-driven solutions. Hopefully, you're going to walk away knowing the technologies driving digital transformation and how they work, uh, which back office processes benefit most uh, from automation and why and hopefully some real life examples of companies capitalizing on AI-driven automation. Hello everyone, welcome to Esker Live. Uh, my name is Chaz Narwich. I'm a business development manager at Esker and Ashley, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Ashley McColda, business development manager and I'm excited to talk a little bit about business process automation today. So. Yep, very excited, yeah. Uh, so for today, Ashley and I, we're going to be talking about a few things. First is going to be defining business process automation. What is it? Providing some examples and then getting into, okay, how will automation assist with um, some of these business processes that are stuck in the past and antiquated? And then after that, we're going to give some, some examples of where we've seen how business process automation has helped companies achieve goals, improved morale, improved employee retention and provided a great ROI. So that's the that's the plan for today. And just to start things off, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna start really general and I'm gonna ask Ashley a question. Ashley, what how would you define BPA business process automation? Yeah, going back to the basics. Um, so business process automation is the use of software or technology to kind of automate repeatable tasks, um, oftentimes multi-stop business transactions, and often in kind of back office functions for organizations. So it's using technology to eliminate those kind of mundane uh, tasks that you see um, in the back office. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that there's, there's a couple of examples that come to mind and I know that we're going to have a lot of people from both the finance side and the IT side on today. And just thinking uh, how you mentioned, Ashley, you know, mundane tasks, all right, before ERP systems came out, everything was managed manually. Everything was managed, you know, within Excel documents, however it might be, and, or even sticky notes. So one good example of that, of automation that in, in business process area, I would say one of the main ones is the ERP system. So um, there's a lot of different areas that are kind of overlooked when it comes to that. So that that's what we'll be getting in today. And I think that you hit the nail on the head, Ashley, with with that definition. So um, what you know, the I guess just to get right into it too, is there what types of uh, automation initiatives are you seeing in the marketplace uh, right now, Ashley? And how are they? What what are the goals, I guess, surrounding those? So I guess two part question. Hey, what are the 
what are they trying to automate? And then second, um, you know, why do these type of initiatives come up in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously the digital era is kind of a coin term that we hear all the time and organizations going through digital transformation. And it can mean a completely different things for every organization and they might be further along in their journey. There's actually recently a Harvard Business School um, survey done and I think they had taken over 1500 senior executives and we're talking about digital transformation and they said 97% of respondents agreed that if organizations aren't being digitally forward thinking, they won't remain competitive. I think we saw with a lot of organizations, the pandemic highlighted for so many organizations that maybe were still kind of manual in processes um, where they had area of opportunity that they might be able to use business process automation and digitally transform. Um, so at an overarching where I see things is mainly in the accounting and finance world um, because specializing in procure to pay, I'm dealing with a lot of organizations where they've had manual processes within their AP processes. So they're still printing out invoices and having the CFO sign off on them for approval for paying, um, which became very difficult when we were all having to work from home. <laughs> so um, additionally, yeah. kind of manual entry. But what about yourself on the order to cash side? What do you typically see? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. I think that like you mentioned, the competitive marketplace, everybody's talking about the great resignation, things like that. And if you are, well, like you mentioned on the accounting and finance side, but also on the customer service side, if there's a lot of manual, redundant, tedious tasks that are being done by employees, a lot of the time that doesn't, they don't want to come to work. They're not engaged in what they're doing and being able to provide some type of automation there and give some ownership over to those tasks, give some opportunity to do other things rather than just manually enter data. Uh, I think that's really important. So I know that that's pretty broad. So I'll get into, you know, what I've seen in the market is that there's a specific example that comes to mind that where we helped a company, uh, there, there was a company that was looking at automating the inbound order, autom uh, order entry process. And what happened was they had uh, two customer service reps that that actually had left the company because it, it was just too overwhelming for them to be getting all these orders and entering them in constantly throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, they had customers saying, hey, where's my order? And they hadn't even entered into the ERP system yet. So that that's an example of, okay, hey, the employees at the company aren't happy, there, there's turnover, and it's important to, to provide these employees with with a you know a better a better process to work with so that they can actually grow as employees grow as individuals. So yeah, I think you know accounting and finance is is what you know you've seen a lot in the marketplace on and then on the customer service side, that's that's what I've seen is that if you don't provide some type of business process automation, if if things are tedious and there's manual workflows, then there's going to be turnover and because a lot of companies are investing in this right now. So it's not it's kind of a, a swing towards digital transformation where, you know, like you mentioned, COVID has helped with that, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And Ch Chaz, I don't know if you would say the same, but um, 
I know for you were saying, you know, the customers and then also the employee experience, I think we're also used to having things at our fingertips now of having a great end to end experience. Um, I know for organizations on the procure to pay side, the suppliers became very important because with the pandemic, there was also the supply chain backlog. And so people wanted to make it easier for them to be um, for them as an organization to have their suppliers want to deal with them and speed up that process. So similarly to what you were saying on the customer side, but maybe we can talk about a little bit how um, in this digital era, how it's kind of the full ecosystem that comes into effect with the business process automation. Yeah, I think that yeah, what you're saying is, okay, what what is the way to make, is there a way that we can make both of our, you know, our employees, our customers, and our vendors happy without you know sacrificing those relationships while automating. And I think that that's a, a conversation that happens a lot because I'll just go from the customer side. If you're looking at, if your customers are ordering from a specific organization, they want to order the same way they've always had. It's, it's easy, it's simple, it's, it's what's ingrained in their, their behavior. And if all of a sudden, as an organization, you provide a different way for them where they have to change their process. A lot of the time that's, that harms that relationship a little bit where if, if they have already been sending an, an email with an order informate with order information, the entire time they've been doing business with you, if you say, Hey, now you have to log on to this portal or that portal and, and provide your information that way. A lot of the time that can, that can cause some friction in that customer and company relationship. Right? So, there's a lot of opportunity to be able to both make your company more efficient, but then, um, you know, make that order entry process more efficient. And we, we call it, it's something, um, a, a term that we're using a lot is called positive sum growth and being able to grow, grow your customer's orders, order volume, being able to grow your vendor invoice volume and not have to make them change the behavior. We found that that to be really important. So, um, yeah, I think that, I don't know if that answered your question, Ashley. <laughs> no, no, it was great. It was great. It's obviously when, you know, your company's succeeding, you touched on obviously your employees, you want to retain your employees. We're in the great resignation. You want to make it attractive, but you also want to make it attractive for your customers to be placing orders and then your suppliers to be supplying you with stuff. So it's a, it's a whole ecosystem that, can take advantage of the business process automation and making it easier without sacrificing one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Maybe we bring it back. I know we started to get into some examples of why people would start to, you know, the bigger overarching issues of why organizations are starting to look at digital transformation, but what's, what's some of the technologies you see being leveraged um, mm -hmm. in process automa uh, automation? Yeah, I think right now, for all different processes within an organization, finance, accounting, supply chain, customer service. If you're not looking at some type of machine learning product, then you're falling behind when it comes to that. Because a lot of these processes, when it comes to order to cash, procure to pay, they're repeatable, repeatable transactions. And like I'd said before, redundant. So why give the redundant and repeatable tasks to people who will get bored with that, where you can have a software system or whatever it might be that 
will be able to learn over time those repeatable tasks and then automate them. So the first one that we're seeing is machine learning. And the overarching, of course, the big term right now is artificial intelligence. So that's the overarching uh, term you can use for the specific technologies that come within it. So first is machine learning, which is part of a, a broader AI type uh, solution. The second one is uh, deep learning. So leveraging big data and being able to, to automate, automate processes based on that big data. So uh, machine learning coupled with deep learning can definitely help in automating these processes. An example uh, on the, on the uh, order management side, if a company is is taking uh, taking orders from a specific, specific customer where maybe they had already seen that order come in before in that format, if you're not leveraging that data in a, and, and using deep learning to be able to automate that, then that's an area that you're, you're missing out on because it's really all about getting employees away from, from doing those repeatable tasks. And those two technologies are the, are the two that we're probably seeing uh, the most, the most used, and probably the most effective. But the other one I wanted to ask you about, Ashley, <laughs> is that to throw it back on you, is what's the, you know, one that a hot button technology that's part of AI, RPA. What have you heard about RPA in the marketplace? Why have you heard, and where have you heard has it worked, and and where have you heard maybe it hasn't worked as well. Yeah, absolutely. RPA, it seems to be the uh, hot word, like you said, in the marketplace. Everyone is talking about RPA, so robotic process automation. Um, RPA is great in aspects of things that are repeatable kind of tasks that, uh, such as we see it oftentimes in the accounts payable space for maybe you need to go to your supplier's invoice portal and pull down those invoices in order to start processing. So it's the same exact task and um, there is a robot that can do that and can pull that so your people are not doing that. Um, where So RPA works great in those areas. However, mm -hmm. bots are made for those things and to do a full process automation. So if, for example, on the invoice side, if you're to intake the invoice to go through, um, you know, capturing the machine learning, the artificial intelligence, all the way to posting, you would have hundreds and hundreds of bots <laughs> trying to mm -hmm. do those tasks. And um, that's where machine learning, like you were talking about, is really more effective in that area. So bots and AI play really well together for making a streamlined process. Um, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to add on that. It, obviously, it's a hot topic out there. Their RPA is great. Um, it plays an important role in process automation. Um, mm -hmm. It's just depending on what organizations are looking to achieve and where the efficiencies are. If it's for some you know, easy, repeatable task where you can get a bot to do that every single day, same thing. It's never going to change. It's always going to be constantly going to the portal, pulling those invoices and depositing somewhere, that's a great area for a bot to be leveraged. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're completely hit the nail on the head there that that RPA is specific. It's for specific processes that are the more simple processes, where if you're looking at business process, more complex to say order management, accounts payable, uh, cash application, things like that, a lot of the time there has to be some sort of judgment 
that has to be a human judgment that that says okay this came from this customer they they did this because of this they this came from this vendor there's some tribal knowledge there whatever it might be and there needs to be some additional type of validation or uh you know basically having decisions that that can only be made by a human so i think it's really important that people understand that rpa is is not for those type of processes and machine learning deep learning can help with those more complex ones but also it's not like you want to go ahead and implement these type of business process automation solutions and not not have employees engaged in them because that's important it's almost like a you know, augment the employee experience rather than replacing employees with with these type of technologies a lot of companies get scared where they're like oh is it ai going to replace me and it's really great because ai is going to allow customers to or allow companies and their employees to do more value added tasks and to to grow to expand to maybe whatever it might be create new products or create new marketplaces you know i agree and i think you land on a thing and it immediately flashes to me like hollywood of how they've portrayed you know robots and taking over and everything like that <laughs> and the, the reality is is business process yeah. automation still needs humans in it and it's to make their user experience better right to help with not having to sit in 10 key all day but rather have a higher value added um task that they're doing and they're doing more analysts of the data um mm but they're not completely eliminated from the process. It's still very much human oriented. It's just more about the user experience and automating those more mundane, repeatable tasks. But yes, yes, I agree. And if anything, I think it's gonna create a whole nother set of of, uh, of jobs and opportunities too. I mean, when, when being able to use this type of solution, so having people that specialize in it and even getting better analytics, it's gonna propel organizations to newer heights and and the economy in general so yeah yeah so with that obviously we go into analytics you know um what are some of the key struggles that organizations maybe have and how how will that help with business process automation um mm -hmm. and more so on that ai machine learning how does that help yeah yep so your question is okay what how will analytics help companies overcome some of the issues they're having and, and how will technology enable that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so on the on the analytics side, I mean, there's a, you know, you look at a specific business process for, to, I can look at that to, to answer this question. And there's a example that I can use. There's a company that I was working with, manufacturing company of, of irrigation supplies. They wanted to grow from 200 million in, in revenue to 500 million. And the analytics that they were looking at where okay, how long does it take us to fulfill to fulfill an order after it comes in? How long um, does it take us to process that order? And being able to streamline those two those two areas and have visibility on the analytics within there, that was really important to them. And the machine learning, the the AI component comes in because if you're able to process orders quicker, fulfill them quicker, that enables those happier customers. So that that's one example where looking at analytics within an organization um, and being able to leverage technology can can help improve those and being able to 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 see that and to to measure it over time it's really valuable for those companies because I mean like I said before the first thing I said was 
200 million to 500 million in revenue is where they wanted to grow. So that's the end goal. And you know, that is a that is a metric right there. But to be able to dig down and 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 analyze even deeper and be able to improve the processes that lead up to that, that that was the biggest uh, the biggest thing for them. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you yeah. have an example of that? that maybe you can share. I, I, have, I, have, yeah. I, have, I have a feeling there's a reason you asked that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think on, you know, for many organizations, they, the lifeline of their organization is the cash, right? The cash flow. And mm-hmm. um, obviously it's been that way since business has been going around. So it's, it became more important and imperative for organizations during the pandemic because they needed to understand where cash was going out um, and have more control over that spend management. Um, Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. in business process automation on the procure to pay side, a lot of organizations haven't had visibility over their spend management. And so those analytics allow them to see you know, where they might be able to pay some suppliers earlier and capitalize on an early payment discount where they're maybe getting dinged um, and paying overage fees for kind of not paying on time. Um, There's oftentimes, I I know I talked to an organization and they had realized that they had been paying in duplicate payments almost $200,000. And it was just because they didn't have visibility to who was processing what invoice and supplier wasn't coming and saying, hey, you're paying us twice. They were just taking that. And so when yep. the pandemic happened and cash we'll came, money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, great. It's cool. Yeah. Um, but when the pandemic happened, you really needed to stay tight on those cash controls. And so they needed visibility over where where payment was going out and where they were spending money. Um, and then was there ways to then analyze that? And, you know, are they getting a better return with this supplier where they could, you know, invest more into that, get more early payment discounts, uh, but also organizations needed to expand their supplier networks as well because there was such a backlog. Um, mm-hmm. So business process automation gives companies a lot more insight into that full cash conversion cycle of seeing where, like you were saying, obviously the orders and they wanting to grow to a certain level, they also need to understand where they're spending their money um, mm-hmm. and where cash is going out and analyzing that. So yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the human level, it can help with reducing kind of the human errors, um, the duplicate payments and stuff like that, when you have a system that's able to flag all of that information and make it pretty easily to highlight where where there's opportunity yeah i think you're right being able to mine almost be like a data mining type situation where you're you can see the different get get in depth with the statistics and the analytics and 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 being able to fix that so if you you can't really measure what you can't i don't know what i don't know what the quote is can't measure you can't manage or something like that yeah absolutely (laughs) you can't measure so i think that i think that's that's what it was but if you're not able to see that and have uh, visibility on the reporting or or get in, in depth in it, then there's no way to fix it. So that's why that's BPA, another big reason to to have a, an overarching initiative to automate some of these processes. Yeah. Um, what What would you feel are the most important processes to automate? You know, is there a, one that is the biggest return for an organization or? Yeah, it's that's a really good question. So. Obviously, we've been talking about order to cash, procure to pay, the two different cycles. 
And there, a lot of the time, so like I was saying before, there's business process automation can apply to multiple different solutions, multiple different types of uh, companies. Like I said before, ERP systems that helps finance companies that really helped or finance organizations and departments to, to automate those processes, customer relationship management, CRM that helps sales teams. And these are two, these are two um, solutions that, ha that have helped greatly where every company now has them. A lot of the time, the, uh, the redheaded stepchild of, of uh, the organization is, is on the AR side. Um, on the accounts receivable side, where it should be a strategic focus to be able to get cash in the door, like you were saying, Ashley, to collect cash quicker. And well, you were talking about on the AP side, but what you said was was relevant to the AR yeah. side. Um, so I would say that's right now the biggest interest we're seeing from CFOs, from from a lot of controllers, is on the AR side, specifically something like credit management, being able to set up a customer, understand their credit with all the volatility going on in the market right now, being able to make sure your customers have the credit to be able to pay you and have visibility surrounding that, as well as to be able to have a workflow within it. Another one would be collections management. A lot of the time, if you talk about redheaded stepchild, the collections team that I, teams that I speak with, they are that stepchild of the entire finance organization. They're the last one that gets, you know, new toys to play with, I guess you could say. So being able to, collect money quicker, have visibility on that. Uh, that's important. I've seen, I've talked to a lot of companies in the marketplace that that have seen that, have, have pinpointed that. And um, I know that, you know, some of the consulting firms we worked with have seen uh, collections as being a focal point for a lot of companies because they need to get cash in the door quicker. So those are two two of the areas. There's obviously many more within within finance, within supply chain accounting that we could talk about, but I would say those are two, the onboarding of clients as well as collecting of cash. It's, it's two really important areas that we're seeing right now. So I don't know if you had uh, something that you were, that a, a part of the procure to pay process that might, no, I think, might be most you know, relevant right now for you, yeah. I think um, so many organizations that are choosing to automate, you know, either AR or accounts receivable or AP, it goes hand in hand, right? Because it is that that cash in, cash out. And so organizations that decide to do both processes, you know, and one may be more imperative for the company. And I think that's an organizational, you know, where do they see they have the biggest return? Um, but organizations that do have the ability to automate both those processes, I think they're going to be able to unlock a ton of strategic value because they'll have full insight in when cash is coming in and when cash is going out. Um, but I would I would agree with everything you said. Just similarly on the accounts payable side, people want to be able to control what money is going out the door, um, just as mm -hmm. much as they need to bring in money that they've had outstanding. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, any other customer examples or? Um... Yeah, well, I'm just thinking. You know, on the collection side, there was one company that I was thinking of. Um, construction company, uh, building materials company, supplying uh, building materials to the construction industry, hot market right now. It's uh, probably one of the most hot industries that we see. And they, it was another, it, it goes back to what I was saying before on the collection side, they wanted to have visibility over the full accounts receivable spectrum, see what's coming in, see where they need to collect, because sometimes their outstanding receivables were so high that it was it was an issue because they're not getting that money they're not able to invest it they're not able to spend it 
and having visibility over over where that money is and who needs to be collected on for them that was that was really important as well as having company we're talking about business process automation also another big area uh, where it really helps companies is, is a consolidation and visibility over multiple business units and multiple ERP platforms. I think that being able to aggregate those into one one spot, and it's funny I say aggregate, aggregate, but this company that I was speaking to would always think of it as aggregates because it's you know they're in the concrete aggregate industry. It's just a, a that's, that's neither here or there, but um, being able to aggregate those uh, those divisions, those ERPs into one one system, and being able to see that where holistic AR that was really important to them. So that's one example that I had. I don't know if you had one that you were thinking of. Yeah, no, I think um, one of the things we haven't talked about yet is that organizations also do business process automation um, for compliance and making sure they're globally compliant. I mean, it's a huge thing and um, a lot of organizations haven't had visibility over that um, and that's an area that business process automation can help as well. So. I've seen I've worked with organizations where, yeah, they're doing business in other countries and there's, um, you know, the the compliance issues, but then also like that tax and stuff like that. And everything Mm -hmm. has to roll through the government. So business process automation really helps streamline that process for them. So that way they can make sure um, they're doing business correctly, too. Absolutely. I mean, the reporting and tracking of documents, data, payments everything involved with that processing, uh, that's really important because anytime you adjust an invoice information or adjust order information, that needs to be tracked and possibly audited on. And to have an archive, you know, visibility on the tracking of that is really important. So I've seen that all the time on the order to cash side as well. yeah, and I think most, you know, business process automation solutions are built on good gap practices, which is very important, um, mm-hmm. especially for that auditing aspect and streamlining those areas and um, making sure it's easier for the organization at a whole to have visibility over that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we take some of the questions? Yeah, let's dive into the questions for sure. Okay. Um, so someone asked, how long does it take to implement a typical automation solution? You, wanna... so, you want me to take that one? I'll, yeah, I'll, go, go I'll, run, I'll run with that. Uh, I think that, so that, that really is dependent on the complexity of a business process or of a, of a company. It depends, like I was saying before, there's a few things that depends on business units, how many, what countries you're in, what ERP systems. But if, I mean, simplest, if you want to make a, an adjustment or a improvement on the AP side or, or whatever it be, cash application, you know, you're looking at, it could be dependent on IT engagement, six to eight weeks. Um, a lot of the time uh, that is, that is possible, but sometimes what we've seen in the marketplace and what we've seen at our own company is that it, depending on the complexity, it could be longer than that. Could be 12 weeks. Could be, you know, 16 weeks. Just really depends on the individual company, the individual ERP system, and and things like that. And we're talking. Um, so I guess the, the the answer to that is it varies, <laughs> but it could be quick. You could see you could see some high ROI pretty quick if if you are a simple, if you are okay with starting simple and uh, and then expanding. So next, I'm going to throw one back to you, Ashley. 
how did you manage a change like this? Are people, are you, all right, so the question is, are people usually able to adopt these type of new processes and how is change management, is the change usually managed within an organization? What, what have you seen? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the biggest things I think is if it's a at-large organization initiative and leaders, um, they need to they need to make sure that people are bought into the why, a why of they're doing this, right? Um, from the beginning and change is scary for everyone. It's the, you know, change is constant in our life. It's the only thing that will remain constant, but it can be, it can be very scary for people that might have been doing the same type of process um, and they know how to do that job, right? So you have to get them of the why and the desired outcome of why you would be doing this within your organization and how that's going to directly affect, you know, their role is it, it's going to be a better user experience for them. Um, and I, I would say, get those people that are going to be your end to end people doing it involved early on, quick get them possible. bought in as quick yeah. as possible. Exactly. Get them involved early on in the conversations, in the demonstrations, um, really seek to understand what they're looking for and you know how they feel about it what current pains they really have and challenges and can the business process automation address some of that and how what would that do to improve their lives or livelihoods etc um mm -hmm. and how it make it easier for them and i think once you can get them in a positive mindset of how that's going to address these pains and challenges maybe they're spending two hours every morning just triaging okay what invoices came in through the email etc you know what could they do with that additional two hours does that free up time for them you know to do more of the analysis work to have better supplier relationships um mm -hmm. Does it allow for them not to have to be working overtime every exactly. single day? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think getting people bought in early on um, and understanding their why of, you know, why the organization's looking to move that way. Yeah. And it's like, there's going to be two different sets of people. One one person is going to be the person that loves data. I mean, well, some, some people love data entry, but the person that doesn't want to change as much. And then there's going to be the person that says, hey, a new software solution, this is awesome. So you really have to show that person that doesn't want that change because not everybody's going to want it. You have to show that person, get them involved that, all right, this is, what else can you do in these other four hours? You know, we're going to have, you're going to have all this time to do other things. It's going to make your life better. Like you said, that four 100%. hours could be overtime and then they don't want to work overtime. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, obviously we're talking about technology, but how can you make the narrative more human centric, right? So it's mm -hmm. it's about the humans involved in the process, even though you're using technology. So making sure that um, working with the leaders and people from the top and bottom um, to make sure you're having that narrative. But mm -hmm. let's see, is there another question in here? Um, I know we've talked about kind of the ROI of the top processes we're seeing organizations uh, automate and why, but do you have a recommendation um, for which process to be automated first? Um, yeah, I think that I can take that one. I mean, order to cash, procure to pay, that's what we've really been talking about today. And I think that it really depends on the company. Again, <laughs> I don't mean to escape these, but it, there's there's so many variate companies are operating so many different ways that uh, say for one at one company they have a lot of vendors and they're paying a lot of vendors they're getting a lot of invoices 
And that company probably has an issue there because if they're being manually entered into an ERP system or whatever, however they're being managed, that's going to be the process that they need to automate first, where maybe they have two customers or three customers, They're like a big company that only sells to a couple of big customers. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of issues on the other side, on the order management side, or maybe they don't have an issue with AR either. And they're collecting well, it's, it's all via credit card and it's all automatic. There's nothing, nothing going on. So it really depends on the company. That company would want to automate the procure to pay side first because there, you know, there is an issue there. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's all dependent on um, the organization and what's going on and at large initiatives. Um, I think there was another. Yeah, I think. Okay, well, what is the best way starting point for the infrastructure partner to utilize the benefit RPA? I'd say that to look at the simplest tasks that could be done with RPA and to maybe talk to other companies about about how they used RPA in those tasks. I think that the starting point for a PM, if it's a PM is managing maybe the RPA initiatives, I, I think that that's what, what's being said here. Um, yeah, I think that starting point is first evaluating what processes can be done in our, with RPA maybe talking to a consulting or, or other type of firm that has done this project before, or even a, a peer company um, to understand that because RPA is not gonna be able to be used for everything, even though it's it can be used for a lot of things and be easily used for a lot of things and deployed that way, but for more of the simpler processes and tasks. So I, I mean, my recommendation, yeah, would be understanding what processes it can be used with before deploying anything or before before uh, investing in a in an RPA solution, I don't know, yeah. Anything to add there? Actually? No, yeah. no, I would agree. I think you know, obviously, on the procure to pay side, where I've seen it leveraged the most is pulling those invoices down from a supplier portal um, that you know they might have through one of their suppliers. But um, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's assessing what processes are actually available for RPA, um, and that you could get the most bang for the buck. Um, in regards to, we're going to kind of wrap up here, but we do have uh, an outstanding event coming up, a virtual event on April 7th. Um, that is a finance event. It's going to be the future of the digital CFO. Um, I know we have a couple different people speaking on that, uh, the Hackett Group um, and Invista, as well as C-level suite from Esker. So Chaz, mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any other additional insights into that as well. No, that's going to be a great event. I think there's going to be a lot of unbelievable insights there. So please, please register for that. And we appreciate everybody's time today listening to this, listening to this Esker live event. And we had a great, well, I had a great time actually. Yeah. About you. <laughs> no, no, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it's fun. And we're excited to that we had some people join and yeah. Thanks again for the time today, guys. And obviously, if there's anything, don't hesitate to reach out to us on LinkedIn. Happy to always have further conversations around business process automation. All right. Thanks, everyone. Well, thank you to Chaz and Ashley for participating in the live stream. Uh, if you are interested in attending one of Esker's live streams in the future, check out the link in the show notes. 
Um, as always, if you're interested in learning more about Esker, you can find us at esker.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll talk to you next time.